Top of the day, everyone. This is Hot Garbage True Crime Edition. I'm your host, Nisha, and this is my beautiful best friend, Akoa. Buddha badass. Are you ready for this part two of this case? Because remember where we left off? Jennifer Pan had just decided it's best for her parents to just die. I mean, came to that conclusion. Yes, I remember actually understanding it with her and stuff, too. It's kind of wild on this one. I think this is going to be my favorite one. I don't like having... Anything that's near a favorite. But this right here is like, wow. It's, it's almost, if she's the killer, I understand. Oh, see, I mean, I'm not saying I, like, hey, your parents are pushing you. Kill them all. Because it's going to happen to you. Yeah. I've told you that. Oh, my gosh. your daughter so hard. Um, but I, I do understand because I was a child that was pushed very hard. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and it gets, it gets like, really stressful. You know what I mean? It gets stressful. That's why. But I don't think that anybody is as hard as this guy on Jennifer. Oh my gosh, this case, you're right, this case kind of pulls your heartstrings because you're like, you know what she's going to do. Well, you don't know what she's going to do, but I know what she's going to do. And I'm like, I feel bad for her a little bit. Right, because it's just like, you know, what is her release? I mean, mean, of course, you know, people that are very Americanized would be like, just tell them and just say no and just start doing porn. But for some people, it's just too much. I mean, when you tell me you're cutting college, yeah, fake college, the coldest part. Oh is, yeah, you, right. You wasn't actually going to college, but you're cutting fake college to go read books. You're not even doing. You're not a bad, intense, crazy, out there person. Yeah. You know, like you probably don't even listen to rock music. Yeah. You know, so I'm like, you you just really are rejecting this life that's been interacted with mm-hmm. you, and that's a a a. a Tell as old as time. Yeah. You know, like pe- your parents perpetuating a life on you and you not knowing how to speak out against that and just live your own. Mm-hmm. Not that you're a horrible person. Yeah. But you just want your own life. Yeah. And it's crazy because at the end of this, Rob, we're going to compare and contrast this one in the Aaron Caffey case. Because you still remember the details from that case, right? I do not because I oh, smoke a lot no. of weed. Oh, you smoke too much weed. Give me a, a rundown. Remember, Aaron Caffey was the one that, same kind of same thing, except for her parents wasn't as strict, but they didn't want her to see her boyfriend. You know, she was 16. I think he was 19. And uh, he ended up paying one of his friends to go in there and basically. Yeah, no, I remember yeah, that. Yeah, and now the dad forgave her. That was the wildest part. Her dad forgave her at the end and the guy no. Uh, uh, no, there's the fine lines there. We were talking about the shades of gray at that point. Now yeah. we're drawing hairs on this one. But no, I feel like that was something that you were actually encouraged, mm-hmm. as well as your boyfriend was encouraged. Because I think he moved in the house with them for a while. So No, he, he never lived in the house with them. It, you're talking about, yeah, the boyfriend never lived in the house with them. It was like the dad forbade him to see her. You know what But I mean? it was after something. Though. No, she lived. he lived in a trailer, and she would run off and go see him. And um, I forgot, I forgot what caused, you know, oh, she decided because she just wanted to be with him. She decided, okay, my parents need to die, but they weren't as strict on her. I don't think it was just that, you know, they didn't want her to see the boyfriend. That was what that whole thing. Yeah, was. no. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So this was like completely different. You know, I, you know I will say it's the circumstance of the strict, uh, strictness. Yeah. It's not in the sense of if you, it's the same thing if you're a cheating girlfriend or a wife. Yeah. That's why I brought that up. Before in the last one, if you're if you're somebody who's cheating and somebody's saying, "Well, fine, go be with them," mm-hmm. you don't they don't deserve to die, right? Because they're no longer gonna support you and yeah. be with you. Mm-hmm. They're not being malicious; they're just no longer being with you. Yeah, and that's the things that come with it. Mm-hmm. So that's what you should have thought about. Yeah, Agreed. so when you chose that interaction with this guy, you know that's you know that's just what kind of came with it. Mm-hmm. But that this situation is is in a strenuous thing where it's her whole life being manipulated. Yeah, 
I feel like if she would have kind of told him them that she's in love with him and all this stuff, they'd have been like, well, fine, we're cutting off your inheritance. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That, that stuff like that. But I feel like the mom would have still came visit her at the trailer. Yeah. She seems like that type of mom. Yeah. That would have just came to see how you were doing and to see how you're slounging. Yeah. But, you know, but just let you know that you're just not innocent in money. In the coldest part, she still would probably got some inheritance money. Yeah. But just no support of what you're doing at this moment. Uh-huh. And that is good parenting. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's in just truth of, hey, you chose to live this life. It comes with these things. Mm-hmm. The, the circumstance in which this is, you did not give her the chance of guiding her own. Yeah. Which drew her to guys like that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, we're starting with part two. So, um, so after Jennifer had just connected with her old friend named Andrew Montemayor, and so Andrew Montemayor, which funnily is like the most normal name out of all of these. Yeah, Andrew Montemayor, you know, made a comment like, you know, I wanted to kill my dad too. Say that two more times. Andrew Montemayor, Andrew Montemayor. Oh God, that is smooth. Though. Yeah, <laughs> go ahead. Now Jennifer started looking for a hitman to kill her dad. Hmm. Her friend Andrew Montemayor had been involved in armed robberies, you know, multiple times. Is he gonna be the hitman? That is a sexy hitman name. Well, we'll see. So he, Andrew said that he has a roommate named Ricardo Duncan who will be willing to commit murder. So Andrew was that, you know, he was the middleman. So he connected her to Ricardo. So in June 2010, Andrew introduced Jennifer and Ricardo at a cafe. So she asked Ricardo to shoot her dad in the parking lot of his job to make it look like a random attack. So a week later, Jennifer and Ricardo met again at the coffee shop so that, you know, she could give him more information about her dad. And she also provided him $1,500 to purchase a gun. Now, after this interaction, weeks passed by and there was no communication at all from Ricardo. So when she contacted her friend, Andrew, she was told that Ricardo had just vanished. Like he didn't even talk to him either. So it was later found out that she, yeah, so she got scammed, you know, and later on, now after everything that's going to happen, they were questioned. I mean, when about we this. say scammed, I would say maybe the dude thought if he was down. But this is what happens a lot of times when you meet people that you think that are really in that life. Mm-hmm. And then you put them in a scenario. Because they, they like, people will test it all the way. Yeah. And then when you pay them and be like, now do that life stuff. And they're like, holy crap. Well, I mean, I if really he got, got scared, though, he should have refunded the money. So I would say it's who, a scam. Who does that? That's why it's called a scam, because if he got scared, that's one thing. I but mean, it was he a did scam catfish because her. he didn't take the he money. He did catfish yeah. her, but you should have known yeah. that with the circle of friends that you're inter- even interacting with, right. that's not a real guy in the first day of on place. He wouldn't be talking to you. Right. Probably his name's not even Ricardo, right? You see yeah. what I'm saying? So I, and, and I have a problem with paying anything first. I don't know. I understand that, okay, maybe you have to supply the gun, but I don't know. Because I'm like giving money, people money. Those guys that are real killers, yeah, they don't need your money for the gun. That's right. I'm like, I don't. That's not the part that they're asking for money for. Yeah, they have guns. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah, paying somebody, you guys never pay anybody up front for anything. I wouldn't say no pay somebody up front. There should be maybe a half and half because it is the entrust instillment. Do the half and half is what I would suggest. Yeah, she should have gave him seven fifty. But what is the reasoning behind it? That's what's the understanding of. Because yeah. usually they're very open about it and what's going on. If you don't even have the gun or the means of performing the task, yeah. you're not the person who this is your expertise. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. You know, that's like if I pay if I'm going to a mechanic to fix my brakes mm-hmm. and I have to buy the tools that yeah. you need just to fix my car. Yeah. So do you really know how to fix a car? Right. So I'm guessing like, you know, hiring somebody's roommate as a hitman, that's probably a no go. Anyway, he was just a college roommate. So I'm like, yeah. Right. No. They're just two guys acting like they're gangsters. Yeah. And for and me you're so square, you don't know. Yeah. And for me, I'm going to call stupid as part of the crime because remember, there's too many people involved in this already and you're going to see it's going to get even stupider because I, you know, hiring a hitman, I'm always kind of like, mm, because you're putting yourself in their hands. If they do anything wrong at that crime scene or get caught up, I don't know a hitman yet that hasn't ratted out the person that hired them. Because you have not heard anybody who's actually a hitman. Yeah. Yeah talked about even the stories that i'm listening to Mm -hmm. you talked about stories of people in which they were asking someone's friend yeah that they talked about they don't care if they have to shoot somebody but they don't really you know but they work at walmart right it's not actual hit man Mm -hmm. it's the thing because like the actual hitman, hitman is like the guy who them. killed JFK. Yeah, you can't afford those hitmen. Yeah. yeah those like, are going to ask for like, what, 20000 30000 down? And then right. I want the rest up front. Like, right. You know? Like a hitman is real. Like yeah. they, That is a real profession. Mm-hmm. So let's not act like that's not something that happens. And, I, you know, there is hood versions of it as well. Yeah. Um, but they're not people that come to you unprepared. Like this is the first time they've shot a person. Well, I think you that would be, would you be offended if somebody <laughs> even came to you and asked like, hey, could you shoot this person for me? Is that offensive to you? Because you're like, for what me, about me? Because I'm not a hitman. Yeah. <laughs> for me, I'd be like, bro, what about me? I, I'd almost call you racist because I was like, so what? Is it my tone? You know, <laughs> like, well, well, my clothes? What made you think that I'm going to go out and shoot anybody? Yeah. Like, what in the world? Like, I do own guns. Yes, I'll go to the shooting range and hell, let's, let's go shoot a deer, not Bambi. But somebody who has some elks on, honestly, I'll, I'll shoot a doe. I don't give a damn sometimes. Oh, I feel like I can get that a good baby shot. Dare, a, a, a doe is a grown woman. She can oh, get it too. But she's she might grown. have babies. I mean, all of them can have babies. He can have babies too. Let's equal, let's equal fight his shooting Okay, game. well, then you should stop shooting things that what? can't take care of their families after you shoot That's them. That's everything. That's everything. Well, then stop shooting stuff. Stop stepping on bugs. What? Don't shoot. Don't don't kill things that can, can't take care of their families. What? How are they going to take care of their families? How, how are you comparing animals to bugs right now? I'm comparing as that's a same as an animal. A bug but, is an animal. So it's not. That's in the animal kingdom. That is the fucking. Insane. Yes, it is. Stop swatting mosquitoes. Oh come on! How are they going to feed their families? <laughs> Stop eating just, hamburgers. You're just being ridiculous. That cow's already dead. That cow was, but she wasn't before you ate that burger. Stop. She was, how's the how's the daughter gonna get milk from her mama if you eating the burger? You know, stop it. Uh, whatever. I'm going back to the uh-huh. case. I'm just I going bet back you are. To the freaking case. I bet you are. <laughs> now, um, later on, now after everything unfolded, everything somehow Ricardo and Andrew are gonna get questioned, and Ricardo stated that Jennifer, now this is after everything's happened, I'm going to go back and talk about what happens, but Ricardo stated that Jennifer only gave him $200 as a good gesture because she asked him, you know, and she did ask him to kill her father, but he was like, no, like he said that he was very insulted by her asking this because he felt like she only asked him because he was a black man. 
So he was like, "Wow, I'm glad that that was a part that was of the, the fact." See, see, I'd be insulted. Like, really? Yeah. You came to the black guy and I was like, yeah. "You know, you know about killing people? Like, really, bitch?" And Andrew Montemayor. Sorry about cussing, but that's not cussing in this part. Right, and Andrew Montemayor. I'm like, okay, like, why did you connect him to Ricardo? But. It depends on what... And a black guy named Ricardo. That's also interesting. But we'll go back to that never. But the point is that... Come on now, bro. Like, you came to me because what? I'm the roommate and you sit there saying I claim to... No way. See, that's all type... No. And it also depends on which versions of events you believe, too. Because he's saying... Ricardo said that she gave him $200 as a good gesture because he just wanted to borrow some money to go out with his friends, right? And that was the thing. And so he was like, the reason he cut off communication with her is because he didn't want to, you know, murder the dad or whatever. Now, her version of events, you know, when she's questioned later is, you know, what happened was she gave $1,500 for the gun. He never returned, you know, he never returned her calls or anything like that. Even though Jennifer is a liar, but I'm more prone to believe her version of events because... His no, version. it sounds like her version is very believable. It's very believable. Like, especially in 2004, you're like, he's a black guy. And, right. You know, he's living in lower income. Of course, he knows yeah. gangs and members and, you know, bad stuff. Yeah. It's so funny, bro. It's so funny it, to see, like, that's what you're yeah. that perceptive. And it does happen very easy because I've been asking weird stuff. I never know killing nobody like that. But yeah. I was like, no, I don't know where the cocaine, I don't know where heroin's at or the, or the meth is at, my yeah. guy. Yeah. Well, it's funny, like, I remember we were in Vegas and somebody came up to my son just randomly and was like, hey, uh, do you know where I could buy some weed around here? He was like, I'm not even from out here. Bruh, and it, yeah. but, he, but it's how he quote unquote stereotypically looks. Yeah, Let me tell you, your son is very cool. Yeah, He, he looks like he's, I even told him, I was like, you should be a rapper. Yeah. Like, I, I think I saw you on YouTube. He was like, no. But I was like, I swear to God, like I saw you on YouTube. Yeah. He has that look though. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm saying is people are going to walk up to him and be like, so you got some weed on you? You got some yeah. math? He's a school going, uh, you know, uh, academic ass kid. Yeah. You know, he's not even an athlete type thing. That's the great thing. He's just academic. So it's just like, yeah, he, for him, he's kind of just, don't, well, now he's probably used to it because yeah. he's older, mm-hmm. you know, and living that. But for somebody initially, he's like, I don't know what I'm doing Yeah. to where you think I'm dealing drugs. Right. You know? Yeah. So that's why I was like, for me, I'd be insulted. Like, and I, cause like I said, I, I have been a couple of times where people would just ask me, like, you know about gangs. And I was like, how would I know about gangs? Right. It, you know, like, uh-huh. no, no, it was when I was at the corner store and the guy, when I was working at Amazon uh-huh. and I had a sweatband on my head after working at Amazon, but their sweatbands are blue. Yeah. And a guy came in the store and he was like, he was an Asian guy. The craziest thing is he's Asian. He was like Filipino with, with red all over him. Uh-huh. And he was like, what's up, fool? And I was like, and he came in, but he said, talked directly to me. He came in and looked at me. And I looked over and he was like, what's up, fool? And that, you know, his friend came in first. And he looked in and he, talk, he whispered and he ran back out the store. And then he came in. And he came in hella hostile. And I was like, bruh. And he was like, and when he said, what's up, fool? I was like, what's up with you? Yeah. And he was like, nothing. And I was like, Okay. And so he walked and then he stood beside me and I looked over and I'm like, are you okay? <laughs> and he was like, oh, don't worry, I ain't going to do nothing while we in the store. <laughs> and, I was like, and at first I was like, I could let this shit die. But I was like, wait a minute, what? And I was like, do, do what, bro? What's going on with you? Yeah. And he was like, you see you? 
And I was like, nigga, I work at, and the coldest part is that's what kind of threw him off because I got kind of squares. I was like, bro, I work at Amazon. Yeah. I was like, I don't know who you think I am, bro, but I'm not a, I was like, I'm a manager in Amazon. I don't do nothing else. I was like, is this racism? And he's, he's like, how the fuck I'm going to be racist? I was like, nigga, I don't know. I don't know you. What I do know is you coming to me hella crazy and I'm sitting here uh, trying to get some food, bro. What, what are we trying to do right now? Why you trying was I, I was like, that's I, I all I looked at. I was like, what are we trying to do right now? Because in my mind, I was like, are we squaring up? What, what are we doing? Yeah. And he was just like, Damn. he just looked at me. He walked back to this nigga and asked questions. He was like, bro, he's like, so you know 42nd Street? I was like, bro, I don't know none of that. I don't know 42nd Street. None. I was like, y'all need to reanalyze. Yeah, right? And he just walked out. And I was like, bro, he was like, you know them? I was like, bro, I don't know them guys. I, I, they thought I was Crip or some shit. Yeah. See, that's wild. The wildest shit be happening to you. Yeah, sometimes. But I was like, it was just happened with the Muslim. And I was like, what? Who? And I was, because of the fact that it's just... Yeah. Stereotypically, you're a black guy. You are wearing a blue bandana, apparently. But I was like, this is a whole Amazon bandana. Yeah. Like, dang. Yeah. You know, like, I'm. this is what they give me with the... It had uh, those it, little it jail balls in it. It, it had the fun. smile thing on it. Well, what the fuck? <laughs> they you thought know? you were cripping with the fucking smile. That right. Yeah, but logo. I didn't know I was in that type of area yeah. where I was just like, what's happening right now? That's, That's like kind of what saved me is just being bold and the whole thing like, like... What what did I just do? Yeah, that's crazy as hell. You know, like, because I was just like, because I feel like you're being aggressive. And he was standing on, like, watching me. And I was like, bro, I don't know what the hell's going on right now. Yeah. What's up with you? You know, like, yeah. and I was just, because I was just, cause, but the fact is I'm black. I'm wearing a blue band, a blue bandana or a blue yeah. sweatband. You know, like, yeah. and apparently I must be something. Yeah. Black people don't wear your Amazon what bandana. Well, no, uh, people people that you know, you talk yeah. about somebody who's in LA, they know. Yeah. Because there's certain areas that you can't just wear a baseball cap. Right. Yeah. Because these people are really just antagonistic mm-hmm. in their environment. Yeah. Man, that's wild. Well, that's why so after everything happens, and the other thing that did, wouldn't have sounded right with Ricardo's story, even though Jennifer's a super big liar. Is because remember they got hooked up through Andrew. She doesn't even know him like that, so it's like, are you gonna let somebody borrow two hundred dollars just for no reason that you don't know like that? She gave you that money for a reason, you know. So that was the whole thing. But it depends on what version of events you know you believe in, and they don't actually end up being involved in the actual what happened. So we don't really hear about them no more after this. So. And now, in the meantime, while she was trying to find a hitman for her dad, she actually, you know, started, she kept reaching out to Daniel. She would send him sexy photos, text messages, but he didn't want to take her back. And he was happy with his new girlfriend, Katrina. She then started prank calling him and sending him messages from an unknown number. And these messages threatened him. And so he figured out that it was her doing it and he questioned her. But she denied it and said that she had received a bunch of threatening calls and she was afraid for her life. So somebody must be doing this to somebody, everybody that she cares about. And he ended up believing her. Mm. And so there was text messages that was sent to him that was stating that, you know, they were going to hurt Jennifer. One message read that there was a package with a bomb and it sent to her house and it would, it would explode as soon as she opened it. So he got scared and he called her and was like, have you gotten any kind of packages? Don't open anything. And she told him that she had just gotten the package, but she promised him she was not going to open it and she would take it to the police. And so she told him that she took it to the police and that they were investigating it, 
you know. Oh. Mm. <laughs> yeah. She, wow. So, yeah, that's... I mean, this must have been some good... Well, it, well, you know, and I'm thinking too, like, uh, well, for me, if I was Daniel, I would be thinking like he watched this whole thing unfold where she lived a, set, a double life with her parents. So he knows what a good liar she is, but he, he believed him. That's, you know what I mean? That's what's wild about it. I mean, it's, but it's the bad and the good because you think that they just lie for you. That, yeah, it's like, that they're not going to do like, Have you ever had that moment where you see somebody who you're dating and they lie so well to yeah. somebody where yeah. you rethink it to yourself? Like, yeah. whoa, uh-huh. that was too good. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like being a good liar is cute, but it's not. Yeah, at the same time, because mm-hmm. it has everybody second guessing everything. You know? Man, now this is gonna bring us to the summer of 2010, and I kind of touched on it in the first part, but this is when she told Daniel that after going on a jog, she returned home to find five gang members waiting for her. She said they forced their way into the house. They repeatedly sexually assaulted her while covering her eyes. And she said that her mother had to take her to the hospital and call the police as well. Now, Daniel wanted to go to the police, but he was scared of his own past and that he was, he was scared he was going to be viewed as a suspect because of, you know, his past and his criminal record as well. But he tried to be there for her as much as possible. So what he did was he started spending less time with his own girlfriend and he started focusing more on rekindling the relationship back with her. So she was getting what she wanted at this point. Oh, so this cat. Yeah. So he ended up buying her an iPhone and so that she could have two phones so that her parents wouldn't know about one of the phones. And so for the whole summer, she was still plotting this scheme of trying to kill her dad. So she ended up confessing to Daniel that she planned to hire a team of hitmen to break into her parents' house and murder them and make it look like a robbery gone wrong. So at I first, love, like, this is what I was saying before. Uh-huh. Is when you don't know who's real or not. Mm-hmm. Neither one of you guys are real. Mm-hmm. How I know is when you said, I plan to hire a team of hitmen. And he didn't ask from where. Right. He didn't even say where. He didn't even question it. Like, you Google that? Yeah. Where do you know Hitman? Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, if you think about it, like, like Drake, does he have Hitman? No, he has bodyguards. Yeah. Now, let me tell you this. They are actually, are uh, officially trained and officially licensed to be able to shoot to kill. Yeah. But they're not Hitman. They're not gangsters and thugs. Yeah. These are the reasons why in which when you get into a certain level, especially in this society, of 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 interaction with internet and mm-hmm. interaction with uh, with media. Yeah. That, who do you know that's a hitman? Yeah. Come on now. Nobody. You know. Now it's important to note that at first she just wanted her dad dead, but she decided she wanted both her parents dead. I so mean, no. It's gone from yeah. In, 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 but like I said, in in her own support of it and seeing it, mm-hmm. I can see this murder coming. Yeah. For the fact that her dad being dead would not be enough. Yeah. Her mom, even if, I mean, like, even if her dad would have to do something blatantly wrong. Mm-hmm. And his, his, his standpoint is not wrong. Yeah. What his desire is not wrong because they both came from a very deprived area and had to basically break the law. Yeah. Not even basically, literally break the law to mm-hmm. sit here and then try and get a better life mm-hmm. and then lived off of America's allowancy, mm-hmm. which I think, honestly, I'm not a Trump supporter, but I think we are a little too lenient. Yeah. And we're like a legal immigrant and this is just fine. You can come here. That's, that's not. Well, remember this is Canada. Yeah. Like, yeah. But 
That's close enough. Yeah, it was so they but, came over. Canada has that. Yeah. Yeah, Canada has that same system in which they understand. Yeah, that. they do it a little better. Yeah, but because a lot of refugees still, got a Canada. Too. Right, yeah. I still I still don't agree with it. Mm-hmm. I still don't because then you start to get this mixture thing where people feel like they have you know rights of things and they don't pay homage to where you got it from. Oh yeah, you know, yeah, I see what like, you're saying. Like yeah, like I feel like it's 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 kind. Of, the best way that I put it, so it doesn't sound hella, um, what is it, countryism, mm-hmm. but it when you decide you're gonna join somebody's country, it's like joining a, a basketball or an NFL team. Mm-hmm. Once you sign that label and you jump on the team, bro, you gotta rock that jersey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I don't care what team you played for before. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. Like LeBron played for six teams, well, no, four teams, four teams, three, mm-hmm. three, three teams, three to four teams. Point is, three teams. Mm-hmm. But the point is, is that when he was on each team, that's it. Mm-hmm. He can't act like he's down for the other team or do anything to promote the other team. I see what you're saying. Yeah, you see what I'm saying. Yeah. I don't care where you came from before. When you're here, you're all this team. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Letting in immigrants who are kind of half-hearted, I'm not down with that. Mm-hmm. You need to be Team USA, put that jersey on, and I'm sorry, but fuck your team. Fuck that other team. <laughs> yeah, I feel it. I feel it, yeah. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Now, now, Dan- now, she, the reason she, well, one of the reasons she confessed to Daniel about what she wanted to do is because she wanted to use his criminal connections to find somebody that would kill her parents. So they talked for like five hours about it and he didn't want her to do it. He was like, you know, he got scared. So he got so overwhelmed that he ended up avoiding the next hundred text messages and calls from her because he just didn't want to find anybody. But on August 18th, he gave up and he gave her the name of somebody that he calls homeboy. So the, the guy's name is homeboy. And he was a very dangerous man that he knew in the drug scene. So he said that homeboy would be the one to orchestrate it. That's somebody who's real. Yeah. Because you don't even know. Homeboy, that's like, like, just call me homeboy. Yeah. I've met a guy, he's like, just call me Heem. Yeah. H-E-E-M. That's when you, somebody goes by that, you're like, okay, they're real. They're real. Now, Jennifer ended up calling Homeboy and they came up with a plan. Uh, homeboy said he didn't want to be the one to pull the trigger, but he would recruit the hitman. Stupidest part of the crime. Already too many people getting in this. Girl, they yeah. don't because they're not real. They're yeah, not it's going killers, down the list. So you have to yeah. do what you think you've emulated or seen in movies. Yeah. Or you think will you know find you a hitman because people really believe if you have money you can buy a hitman. Mm-hmm. Now he said that she would have to pay ten thousand dollars. And she wanted both her parents dead. And she said that you know, and there was going to be a hundred thousand dollar life insurance policy as well. So now Homeboy found three men that was willing to do the hit. Now the hit was scheduled for November 3rd of 2010. So the night before the attack, Daniel started getting really cold feet and he was like, he didn't want to do it. So he told Jennifer through text messaging that he loved his current girlfriend, Katrina. And even if she killed her parents, that's never going to change that. So after he said that, she called the whole thing off. But the next day... He and Jennifer decided to rekindle their romance. And he said he would get back with her if her parents were dead. So he changed his mind. And so she called the hitman back and rescheduled the hit for November 8th, 2010. 
Girl, what do you think she said that night? Yeah, I don't know. What do you think? What would somebody have to say to you to get them to? I mean, to she had to, to come as like head every two days. Every every two <laughs> days, like I'm gonna sing into that microphone. Damn. But I mean, she had. I mean, like, and she's like, I'm gonna get rich after this. I'm gonna be rich out of this mind. You're gonna have to never work again, and yeah. I'll support you. And building a business, even if you want to be a rap star, yeah, you know, like it, like it had to be something extreme to where he was like, "I'm all the way out," and by the morning, he's all the way in. He's all the way in. Damn. Now, she's a mastermind. Mm-hmm. Now that that night, the night of November eighth, two thousand ten, Bic had just returned home from her dance class, and she was sitting on the couch watching TV, and she was soaking her feet in some water. Jennifer went downstairs, and she unlocked the door quietly, and then she went upstairs into the study, and she flicked the lights on and off because that was the signal for the hitman to come inside to start the killing. So at a little past ten, Han was work. He he was woken up to a gun in his face. So. The hitman forced him out of bed to show him where the jewelry was. And Han, because spoiler alert, Han does live through this. So Han says, and this Who's is... Han? The dad? Han is the dad. Okay. And so Han said, at the, and this is one of the things that kind of got them caught up because he's going to say later that he remembers overhearing Jennifer speaking to another man, but there was no fear in her voice at all. Like it was like they was talking, like he couldn't make out what they were saying, but like he was like really distraught and stuff and they was just talking. So it was like, cause they had to make this like look like, you know, they was getting hurt too. So now a third man held Bic hostage. And, I mean, if Han didn't live. Yeah, th- that was a right thing. That's what happened to Aaron Caffey's case. Remember the dad land? They always, man. I mean, two shots to the head, they still right. live. True. You know what? I was going to say stupid is part of the crime. Like, Make say sure the person part of is the dead. Crime. You say stupid is, I say fate. I'm like, oh. that's what the Lord took, came in and made sure you got caught. Right. You shoot somebody in the head twice and they still ain't dead. Like, I'd go to the judge and be like, judge, I don't know what you want me to do. Yeah. Shoot him a third time? Like, how many times am I shooting somebody in the head? Uh-huh. Now, a third man held Big hostage and demanded to know, you know, where the money was kept. And so they, she told him that he only had $60. Uh, Han told him that he only had $60 in cash in his wallet because of fear of robbery, you know. But he did say that they had a whole bunch of valuables and... You know, one of the men smashed him on the side of the face with a gun as well. Now, Big, poor Big, the mother, she just kept screaming, my daughter's in the house, please don't hurt my daughter. Like, she was really hysterical about Jennifer. And she said, you could do anything you want to us, just please don't hurt my daughter at all. So at that point, they was led down into the basement, both Big and Han. They were sat on a couch, and they they each they threw heavy blankets over their head, and that was supposed to be to mask the gunshots. Now, Bic was screaming, but Han didn't scream. And she, like, threw the blanket off her head. And so the gunman fired two shots at her husband, and it hit him in the shoulder and the face. And then she was shot through the shoulder and in the head. So at that point, the men went upstairs, and they followed through with the rest of the plan, which was tying Jennifer up to a chair on the balcony. Now, by 10.33 p.m., all three men had left the house, and they sped off in Accra, and this is when the 911 call was made. I ain't gonna lie to give it to her for the last second. Try and fight. 
I am a last second fighter, bro. Yeah. If you're gonna kill me, don't I'm not gonna be subdued under the blanket and you're gonna lay me down. You ain't even tie me up. Yeah. Well, I'm about to take your nuts with me, something. Yeah. I'm grabbing something, I'm biting something, I'm getting on you. I'm about to become Wolverine. Yeah. Like I, my last seconds is not gonna be complying to this death like a cow. Yeah. Well that's if you wanna kill me, bro, you're gonna have to fight for it. Yeah. Level yeah. up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like after you get if you if you live through it, yeah, you got you got injuries. You gonna walk away from this with injury, right? Guaranteed. Something, something something's gonna yeah. be hurt, and then you are gonna remember that. Yeah, like bro, I don't know if I ever want. He took my whole left nut out. <laughs> like I'm tell like I'm I'm coming with yeah. the thunder. Mm-hmm. Well, I do have to give it up to Jennifer because remember in the Aaron Caffey case, we talked about the stupidest part of the crime was that she wasn't even in the house when it happened. I was like, that's suspicious. Like, your whole family can't be injured and you're not at the house. You know what I mean? So at least Jennifer was at the house when it happened. But the only thing I will say is, well, we'll go over it when we get to that. But you were tied up and the other two people were shot. So that's still suspicious. You know what I mean? I, I guess. Yeah. that's. She should have let herself be raped a little bit, I guess. <laughs> That would have fitted in perfectly. Yeah. Well, she... It seems like the only reason... Because it fits all the standards that you want. Yeah. If her dad would have died, it, it sounds like it would have just went. Right. Because she doesn't... She's a very quiet... That's why I was like, it's very... It's, for me, it's, it's my favorite. Because she doesn't seem like this type of person. She seems like an everyday... Mm-hmm. It's scary. That's why it's my favorite. Mm-hmm. It's a horror movie shit. Yeah. Well, we're going to listen to this 911 call now because she maneuvers her phone out of her pocket. She calls 911, so we're going to listen to it right now. You ready to hear another 911 call? Okay, let's do this. Sorry, ma'am. Now, Ham recovered consciousness, and the crazy part about it is the fact that they put that... I can hear that. Yeah, so, look, the fact that they put that blanket over his face and he didn't fight it, that's what saved him, because when they did those shots, it kind of, the blanket muffled it. And so that's why the wife died, because she threw the blanket off and was screaming. And they got a more accurate shot. But so he woke up and he saw that, you know, he saw Big, he broke down, he started screaming. He ran out of the front door... You know, he ran up the stairs, he ran out of the front door to a neighbor's house covered in blood, and he was just screaming, and he collapsed on the lawn. So the police came based on that 911 call, and uh, by the way, I give that call an A, by the way, because I feel yeah, like, do. I do, I give that, because if you compare that one to like the Uloma Curry Walker call, you see how she didn't keep saying, please, 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 she said, please send help, you know what I mean? So I was like, she thought of everything. You're studying, you're, yeah. you're, you're studying. Yeah, you're I was like, I, think, I give that call an A, like honestly, because if you compare it to the other 911 call, like, you, didn't it sound like believable to you? I, it did. That's yeah. scary. I mean, we, we both look at this in two different minds. Yeah. Eyes. 
that call. But I mean, I'm with, I'm, I'm, I see you. Yeah. I see you, murderer. I see you, Jennifer Pan. You know what I mean? No, you give her points. Don't, don't put my points on there. <laughs> <laughs> now, when the police came out, you know, they cut Jennifer loose. They took her to the, you know, they took, um, they took both of them to the hospital. Now, Jennifer, though, first was taken to a police station for questioning because she was the witness and they wanted to know what happened. She said that she said that it was three black men that did this and they looked like they were in their mid 20s. She said she didn't get a good look at the 30 talent, but she heard a Caribbean accent. She said she also believed that, you know, they let her live because she was very cooperative. Now, the investigators immediately started getting suspicious because the first thing is murderers don't usually leave witnesses behind who could ID them. And she wasn't hurt at all. She had just been tied up. So why was there such a difference between these people getting dragged down and shot and yeah, you just tied you up? Yeah, take some beating. Maybe, like I said before, you should have got raped a couple times. Just right. Let them do it. But the only thing is, because right, remember when we talked in the, the Lululemon case, though, that girl had injured herself and, you know, like raped herself too. And she that didn't work. She injured herself, but yeah. she didn't oh. actually let it happen. She should have let the man beat her ass and do all that stuff. Yeah, it's... Oh. it's you know, weird yeah. because it could become, it can look like something like that. Like, yeah. why would they grab a hanger instead of getting in right. there? Right. Okay. It sounds crazy. That makes sense. But if you're going to go there, you got to go there. You got to go there. She should have gotten her ass beat. You yeah, should have let them sense. smack you, and you should have let, well, all right, two of y'all can hit it. Yeah. Not all of y'all. Yeah. But two of y'all get in here. Damn. Get some of this good stuff. Now, the other thing that was suspicious, and you never can, you know, tell how somebody's acting, but one of the detectives noticed that she hadn't even shed a tear. Like, she was crying, but she hadn't shed a tear. And I was like, okay, that's harder, because, you know, crying on command is hard. Because even on movies, if you look at some actors and actresses, they'll be crying, but to actually get real tears out, that's, like, really complicated. So that's kind of, like, what she was it is, doing. It is. Yeah. It's very Especially, you, you can do it sometimes before the moment, and then that moment, kind of, be like, Jesus, yeah. why is it not? Because you can make the noise, but, I mean, to get tears out, you got to put yourself in something. Like, you got to put yourself at, a, you know, something that happened emotionally to you or something, you know? And sometimes it still don't. Yeah. It's still, it's just weird like that. Now, the detectives did kind of give her the benefit of the doubt because they was like, well, she's just been through something traumatic, so maybe this was just due to shock, you know? And they also started, you know, thinking about different things that could have happened. And so one of the things is they investigated, they thought maybe because of the pan's wealth, you know, maybe they had some kind of ties to maybe illicit gambling or drugs. Maybe they didn't pay their debts, but that was ruled out because, you know, they investigated and they found out their fortune was legitimate. They had really just worked hard and they wasn't involved in anything, you know, that illegal that would have brought this on to them. So then... They ruled out the possibility that it was possible that burglars just happened to be in the neighborhood and see their fancy cars and killed them on a whim. They said no, because burglars don't just usually, you know, just, you know, spot out some fancy cars and break into the house. They usually plan it. So that was ruled out as well. Now, Jennifer ended up going to the hospital to be by Han's bedside with the other family. And because she found out that, you know, he was, he was basically alive, but he was just in a coma. And, you know... This is the scary part. Yeah. So she went there to see what was going on. And all now the other family members came as well. Now it was announced that even though he was in a coma, he was going to make a full recovery. So a couple family members, including, oh, yeah, including her uncle started noticing that when this was told while everybody else was happy and cheering, she kind of tensed up and got very distressed. And she all of a sudden said she needed to make a phone call. 
Now the uncle offered to let her use his phone, but she was like, she's just going to go to the pay phone that was in the hospital. And of course she calls Daniel. Because she's smart, at least in that part. Yeah. Don't yeah. trace all of this guy. Right. Now she calls Daniel Wong on the pay phone and she said. How that, do they know he called Daniel Wong? Well, because it comes out later that that's who she called. Because when they're going to get caught up and this is going to be. Oh, know, part of the investigation. Yeah, this is all the, part of the investigation. The, yeah. the hospital has records. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, shit. So now, don't call from hospital phones. Right. Now she called Daniel Wong and she just wanted to tell him that things had gone wrong and her dad was going to live. Now, Daniel Wong was on the police radar anyway because of his connection to drugs and stuff like that. And they knew that... <laughs> I can't see your eyes, girl. Oh, because my hat. Okay. If you want to look me in my eyes, this case is so intense. But, so, basically, he was on the radar for this anyway because they knew that Daniel Wong was her ex-boyfriend and he also was a drug dealer as well. So, he was on the radar to get questioned about this anyway. So... He was also, there was also an anonymous tip that was called in that said, you know, to talk to Daniel Wong about this. We never found out who the anonymous tip was. So now on November 10th, he was called in for questioning by the police and he answered all the questions. You know, he was very honest, but he asked, he told the police that, you know, she did lie to her parents a lot and, you know, that he had given her a second cell phone, you know, and this wasn't something that he thought he was being like overly honest, but he was really, you know, accidentally you know catching jennifer up because jennifer had never reported that she had a second cell phone that was the whole thing and this whole thing the police never knew that <laughs> oh nelly yeah so he also downplayed his own you know criminal past and he had a, he did have an alibi he said that he was working on the night of the murder so the police let him go because his alibi checked out he was at the restaurant when this when this went down now, Jennifer was brought in for a second interview and they made her go over every last detail of that night to make sure that she told it exactly the same way. But she did, you know, start kind of mixing up events a little bit and details about that night. She mixed up orders of events and she did admit that at one point she had lived a double life, you know, with her parents. Mm -hmm. She said that she, you know, forced her report cards <coughs> and everything like that. But they still at this point had no evidence to hold her. Like, yeah, she was a liar, but she still wasn't a murderer at this point. So she was free to go. They let her go back. Now, Han woke up eventually from his coma on November 12th and investigators immediately came to his bedside to get his testimony yeah, of what did. happened. Now, he said that it was two black men and one white man that did this. So this immediately, you know, was a complete difference from Jennifer's stories because she said it was three black men. And so these you men... Got, it gotta all be black if it's a bad guy. Yeah, right. Now, he also stated to them that while him and his wife was tied up at the bottom of the basement, Jennifer was allowed, from what he could hear, was allowed to roam the house freely and, you know, she was kind of talking to the men, but he still didn't know what was going on. Now, other family members started describing to them how she got erratic when she found out that he was surviving. And so Jennifer's uncle confronted her that day and she told, and he basically wanted to know what phone call did you have to make, you know? And so because of all this, she was then brought back in on November 22nd, 2010 for a third interview with the police. There was also a truth verification expert there, you know, at this time to listen to her story. So Jennifer started telling them more about the failed I relationship. I just thought about, how did she make a phone call if she tied up? Oh, because she was tied up, but she like maneuvered her phone. How, how they tied her up was well, she was able to maneuver her phone out of her pocket. You know what okay. I mean? Mm-hmm. So 
So she told them, the police, about her relationship with Daniel, you know, and she said, but then she said that her dad was cheating on her mom, and she said, well, maybe a scorned lover wanted them dead. That's oh, what she come said. on. Yeah, that's what she said. <laughs> so and this is how you know when you're breaking a suspect down because then they start coming up with their own, like, you know, what happened theories of what happened. That's when you know, like, you're kind of breaking them down a little bit. So the, t- the detective told her that they knew that she was involved, especially because her dad said that two of the men were black, but one of them was white. So Jennifer broke down at this point and then started crying. Hmm. Now, she did admit that she ordered the hit, but she said that she ordered the hit for them to kill her, not her parents. Hmm. She said that she was so distraught. <clears throat> she said she was so distraught that she just wanted to kill herself. And she said that when she found out that Daniel was dating another woman, she spiraled out of control and she got depressed. So she called this boy named Homeboy to kill her. And at that, and so they was like, you know, they didn't believe her, of course. And that day she was arrested for first degree murder. Now, after filtering through all the phone records, because they found that second cell phone as well, they were able to find all the major players in the game. So it was Daniel Wong, the boyfriend. Linford Crawford was one of the men. Homeboy, uh, no, I'm sorry, Linford Crawford was actually Homeboy. That was his name. I figured name. that was Homeboy. Yeah, Linford Crawford. And then there was David McMavon and Eric Carty. Now, the third man, though, which was the white man, he was never identified at all. So they never found him. You never day. get the white man. Ne- <laughs> never found him to this day. Now, they were all charged with first degree murder, conspiracy to commit murder, and attempted murder. Now, on March 19, 2014, she stayed true to the fact that the hit was for her. It was never for her parents. They accidentally killed her parents, but they were supposed to kill her. And she did admit that she had made a first attempt to kill her parents, but it fell through. And she said after that, she never tried ever again after the guy, you know, scammed her out of her money. She was like, then she just decided to kill herself. Mm, Now... Now, she said that, you know, she had tried to stop the hit, you know, she had tried to stop the hit on herself, but she said that homeboy wanted an $8,500 cancellation fee and she didn't have no more money. So she was like, she's just going to have to go ahead and have him kill her then. And just die. Yeah, that's what she said. She said she tried to stop it, but she couldn't pay the fee. So go ahead and kill me. Now, immediately at trial, the prosecution tore apart her testimony. Because they said if the hit had really been for her, then why did she hide that information during the first two interviews? You and know? why were they talking to you? Yeah, why were they talking to you? Why didn't they come right in and shoot you then? If that's the case, why was your parents even a part of it? That right. doesn't make sense. For $8,500. Yeah. Now, after 10 months on trial, Jennifer Pan, David Wong, Linford Crawford, and David Magnavon were all convicted of first-degree murder, and they were sentenced to two concurrent life sentences with no chance of parole until after 25 years. Now, the fifth defendant, Eric Carty, was tried at a later time, and he, he actually did a plea deal, so he received 18 years. But I don't know what happened. He died in jail later. Mm. And again, the white man was never found. And Jennifer Pan is currently doing her time at Grand Valley Institution for Women in Ontario. And so that's, you know, I would say, you know, the two concurrent life sentences, if you if you really want, like, um, I, I'll talk about the concurrent life sentences. 
now to go over a concurrent life sentences is they get to serve it all together. Like, you know what I mean? So you, if you going to get life sentences, it's better to get concurrent. Cause like they, she got two um, concurrent life sentences. So if it's 25 years, let's say you have two, right? 25 and 25. If it's concurrent, you're serving them at the same time. So you're eligible for parole after 25 years. If you get consecutive, that means that first 25 years got to be over with. Then you go into the next 25 years. So, she got concurrent. That's so good criminal knowledge. Right yeah. There. Well, she got concurrent. So she's actually eligible for parole in 25 years, which this is the part I want to talk about is Canada is a little more lenient because if you look at the Aaron Caffey case, Aaron's not even eligible for, for parole until she's 55 years old. And she was 16 years old at the time. So, Jesus. and that's not to say Jennifer Pan's going to get it, but she is going to be up for parole. She's in her thirties right now. Jennifer Pan's in her thirties right now. She's still in prison, but she can come up um, for parole. And it really depends on, you know, what she's been doing in there. I, you know, I didn't see anything past her doing her sentence, but if she's doing classes, if she, re, is she re- rehabilitating herself, it will be interesting you to know see. She is. Yeah. It'll be ace in those classes. Yeah, it will be interesting to see, but it's crazy because if you compare it, I really don't think Han. I think she's cut off. Like you know how like Aaron Caffey's dad visits her in prison, and you know he forgives her. Yeah, Han. I think this is gonna be. What do you think? He's never talking to her again, ever. I hope he doesn't. Yeah. Because I, I honestly didn't agree with the first father actually. Talking to the daughter, you're the provider of the family, but you are the provider of the family. Yeah. The fact that the intruder was your daughter makes it no less. Yeah. That's hard. Once you try to kill me, I, I'm done. And like, you killed I my family, and I failed at my job. Right. I, honestly, I feel if my wife died and I lived, mm-hmm. and that was the only other child, my husband, my, 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 my son or something may have died, I feel like I failed at my job. Yeah. Where you killed my family. Yeah. And I was their protector. I want to see what happened with, speaking of family, what happened to Felix? Because remember, she had a younger brother. I'm like, where was he at? Because he was never mentioned again. I mean. I couldn't find anywhere about, like, where he he was at or anything. Because she was her young, so at this time, she was 24, so he would have been 20. So I wondered, did he go away to college? I don't know anything. Well, he probably asked to not be associated with any of this. Yeah. But we were talking about with the Asian culture and even the reasoning behind what made it even understandable. Yeah. He probably does not want to be associated with any of this. Yeah, I wouldn't either. I mean, because this is just too much. This is just too much. You know, I would be interested to see how, because I never see anything about Han anymore either. But it's interested to see how he's going to rebuild his life because, you know, Bic was the love of his life. You know, she's gone. and Yeah, you know, like, the coldest part is, is the son probably takes care of the dad and he probably lives in his house to this day. Yeah. But he still doesn't want to be associated with it. Yeah. You know, married and all the jazz. But it's just something that it's in their culture where. So, what do you think? So, Jennifer Pan and Daniel Wong, they both got 25 years. So, they're up for parole in 25 years. That, you know, depending on, they may or may not get it because you don't always get it the first time. I don't know how it is in Canada, you know. But as far as that, let's say they both get out at the same time. Do you think they're going to be in a relationship or do you think they're done? A crazy part is I think they still might be in a relationship. That's wild. This is why. Because that's what I want to know. Because it's just they felt the passion of feeling like, you know, this was was their moment. This is the love that was forbidden. Yeah. Julio said. And prison is known to kind of immature people. 
Mm-hmm. Freeze them in a time period. Yeah. So they're going to initially come back out wanting to basically do what they was in there for. I think so. And you know what I thought about? Because it's funny what you said in the first part of this about, you know, if someone cheats on you, don't feel bad or anything. Well, think about he was still in a relationship technically with Katrina Villanueva when all this shit went down. So can you imagine finding out your man, you know, was a part of a murder for hire plot for your girlfriend, your his ex-girlfriend so they could be together? Like, how do you think that woman was feeling at that point? Like, wow. She's telling people that there's cycles out there. Yeah, these are one of the stories on her end. She's like, "This is what I I dodged a bullet." Yeah, um, this guy. This is what really be out there. Some people that are in different relationship things. She became very like guarded on yeah. her interaction with people initially. Mm-hmm. You know, she was not gonna let her guard down and had to sit there and get to know you because jumping in head first, she saw that it could end up being a psycho killer guy. Yeah, I mean, she. That's why I was like, she might be one of my favorites because she's. So, if you look at her, and I haven't, yeah. but just in my mind of this whole story, image painted, I'm like, bro, that does not fit Oh, I'm going to show you killer. a picture. I'm going to show you a that picture. That is not, right? Yeah. So, it does not fit someone who's going to go that far. Yeah. Well, and the crazy thing about it is, I was like, you know what? I feel like, and it said Daniel fucked up his life, too, because he had the right idea. He was like, you know what? She is too, you know what I mean? Her parents are too strict. I'm going to move on with my life and go over here. But he got drawn back in. He could have been out right now. You know what I mean? That's like, I said, damn. That's something to say. Yeah. For the fact that you almost, like, you almost fully woke up. Yeah. Like, I won't even say you fully woke up and was like, this is bad. Shouldn't do this. I'm in a relationship. She's crazy. And then by the morning, you was back in, ready yeah. to kill everybody. Like, what did she say? Damn, I wanted to hear that phone call, right? That's wild. Because, I mean, bro, you, so, whatever it is, probably, I hope he still believes it to this day. It's the Constitution, whatever they spoke in, he stands by that Constitution of, hey, we was in love on that moment and this, whatever the fuck you said. Yeah. On some real, um, America's most dangerous type of stuff, you know, uh. With Woody Allen. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, you guys was, was some, some real killers. Yeah. Natural born killers. Mm-hmm. So, and then that embrace, then you need to embrace the fact that somebody needs to put you in a chair and, and strangle yourself up. But I'm just saying is, whatever she said was convincing. Yeah. That's why I was like, I wanted to know what happened that night. Right. Man, she had some good good, huh? She yeah. had a good mouthpiece because she wasn't even giving up. Asians don't give it up like that. Remember that, but they were in a sexual relationship. They were, but that. Oh, night on you're the not. Phone, you're saying it wasn't. You know, often probably. Right? Yeah, uh, like yeah. they they will give yeah. it. I've been in with a few Asian girls. I now, the ones that give it up, you know, they give it up mm-hmm. because they, but they not, they're not whores like that. They'll give it up to the man, and they are nasty. Asians are like almost like the most hellcat in the bed because they don't even expect to enjoy it. Mm. They just you know they getting in there. So I'm not saying that across the board too. Even mm-hmm. the most quiet. Was, so she was giving it up. Yeah. But, with her, it was more, with them also, it's more of an affection yeah. and more of an interaction and more of a trust and loyalty to someone. So, with that night, she didn't give it up to him. Yeah, no, they just talked on the phone. phone. Right, yeah, it yeah. was on the phone. Yeah, they didn't do nothing so that by night. the time they that were... he hung up the phone, yeah. he was ready to kill people. Yeah. I want to know what she said. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. that's some deep, that's she, some deep, good probably, mouth. Yeah. She didn't promise you nothing. Like yeah. She you already be... knew. So, with Asians, if you got a good Asian woman... You know you're gonna get some notcha. Yeah, that's like guaranteed. They don't never really even say no if you if that's your girl. They don't never say no, and they give it up to you all the way. Yeah, but 
how they how do you connect emotionally how you treat them interactionally that's what controls before you get there yeah yeah you know well, she might need to teach some classes from jail, huh? <laughs> she probably been manipulating all the com- the convicts up in there. Man, like, yeah. I'm just about to get out in two years and be like, should I talk to the judge? Yeah. <laughs> you uh-huh. stay on the phone all night. <laughs> oh, some funny stuff, right? Well, um, you know what we're going over next week? I do not. I, it's a surprise. I'm not telling anybody because we have, oh my gosh, I have a special. So how would I know? Well, I have a special surprise. Like, I don't even want to tell anybody what it is because it's just going to happen. So you shouldn't it's, ask that question. Yeah, I shouldn't ask that question, but I'm super excited and I can't wait for next week. Okay. Like, it's it's great. It's huge. Okay, what we have coming next week. Okay. It's like the biggest. Go ahead and sell it. Yeah. Keep on putting them tickets out there. Like, it's like, I don't even know what to say. Mm-hmm. Like, it's amazeballs. Is that is that a word? Amazeballs? No, but we could use it for a promotionary ticket if that's what you want to yeah, do. Yeah, it's like, it's huge what we have next week. I can't even say it enough. Okay, well, shit, let's get to this next week, girl. Yeah, sure. I can't wait. I just want to sleep, like, and then wake up and it's Saturday again. I want that on many days, but we could have that for us to do the show again. But right? Hell yeah. yeah, right. Well, we spoiler alert we we record this podcast on Saturdays and we drop on Thursdays. So I'm like, I can't wait for next Saturday to talk about what we're about to talk about and do what we're gonna do. Oh shoot! I didn't know that that whole thing happened. You just put me on the game. Yeah. Well, in the meantime, until Saturday, you can talk to us. In the meantime, well, Thursday or whatever. Well, we drop on Thursdays, but I'm saying we record. Oh, well, for them Thursday, huh? You're right. See, yeah. For them, thank you, Buddha. Yeah. So, <laughs> so in the meantime, you can um, follow us on Facebook, and it's um, Hot Garbage Show. You can follow us on Instagram, Hot Garbage Show. Please review, rate the podcast because it's really helping us. And send us an email at hotgarbagenews at gmail dot com. And in the meantime, take care. Watch your back out there. Peace. <laughs>